This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk. <laughs> See, when you go first, you don't say and. Oh, you're right. Okay. 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 And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about hash browns or home fries. We're going to call it hash browns slash home fries. Yeah. And they're not the same, but they're pretty similar. We're going to get into this. But we're doing all of this today because Listener Eve suggested it. Thank so, you, Listener Eve. And we've done Eve. we've done crispy potato shows before. We've done French fries. We did kind of just a general crispy potato show yeah. where we probably talked about these things. Did we do like a things. smat where we smashed them? You boiled, smashed them. And Did we talk about that? I love that. Yeah, where you boil them uh, like new potatoes and you smash them and kind of fry them like that. Should we should we pivot right now and have no, that be the episode? Okay. Here we go. Okay. Today we are talking about hash browns and home fries as we said. All right, let's go down memory lane. So when I go out for breakfast or brunch, which is not all that often, I'm the kind of person who gets like the egg breakfast. Sure. You know, like eggs over medium, some sort of meat, and then inevitably there's toast and hash browns. Yeah. And that is pretty much the only time I encounter hash browns, and I, I don't have strong feelings about them. Uh, when I go out for breakfast, I want I want some sort of grand slam breakfast. Oh, is that like it comes with pancakes too? <laughs> yeah, when I, was, when I was a kid, and like kind of to this day, like I thought like the Denny's grand slam was the most amazing thing you could get out in the world. Well, it sort of is. Yeah, like you know, it's like two two pancakes, two sausage links, and two bacon strips, and two eggs. I mean, it's perfect. Like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have hash browns, although I'm sure I there's mean, a I, version of it that does. I think I could do with like one of each. Is there like sure. a half slam? There is a half slam. Yeah, like is it I think called the half slam? Maybe it's called like a small slam. Oh, I like that. I, I like half slam. I do too. I, I got I got half slammed <laughs> yeah. last night. Pretty good. <laughs> Woo. I got half slammed. Oh, actually, we're recording this in late July. And, and yesterday I went to the beach with some friends and my friend Chris had mixed up. A, I'm sorry. I'm laughing because co- you said actually as if the story was going to be about like half exactly how much you got slammed. No, 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 no. But anyway, my friend Chris had made. So it was it was me and my friend Chris. And two pregnant people. Okay. <laughs> and so Chris had mixed up a cocktail in a Nalgene, and it was like a 16-ounce Nalgene, and it was nearly full. And I was like, and Chris is not like a 
uh, a grand slamming kind of drink. Sure, okay. So I was like, what is going on here? It turned out that, you know, it, it had plenty of things besides alcohol in there. All right. Okay. Anyway, but it was like four o'clock in the afternoon and... I got to say, I don't really like drinking in the daytime. Um, that's I, because you're that's because we're old now. Is it? <laughs> yeah, oh, man, I because, don't either. Because I had like this delicious cocktail and, and I had had plenty to eat and drank plenty of water and whatever. And like Ash drove us home and I just had to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, last night I made myself kind of kind of like a trashy Tom Collins, uh-huh. uh, which uh, which was uh, consisted of some Minute Maid lemonade, uh, club yes. soda and one ounce of gin. Wow. <laughs> and, and I was like, OK, that was a little too much. for oh. me. That's great. OK, <laughs> it was tasty, though. Uh, OK, but hash browns. OK, so I love making these. Oh, so you don't make them at home. No. OK, I love making these at home, both hash browns and home fries. And I am going to tell you about it all episode long. You're going to get fully slammed by me talking about <laughs> hash browns. Well, and I have to say, just as a, a teaser, when I arrived here this morning to record this episode, you had a freshly made hash brown yeah. that you served me. And it and was I, the and best. I texted you about it you before. Did, you did. You said you had some crispy boys waiting for That's me. That's right. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so it was you came delicious. In and there was, and there was uh, hot, fresh hash browns waiting for you. Yeah, and it was delicious and definitely the best hash browns I've ever had. So, it, it, listener... If you're a little like hash brown agnostic, like I mm-hmm. have tended to be, th- you're going to want to listen to this and, show. And it was so easy to make. Like I started making that, like I started with a raw peel on potato 20 minutes before you got really? here. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Let's get to it. All right. So I've been making that hash brown recipe since it appeared in Cook's Illustrated in 1998. So a long ass time. Okay. Uh, And I've been making home fries from John Thorne's Serious Pig, uh, which was published in 1996, but I didn't start making them until years later. Um, I don't make those as often because as we'll get into, those do not take 20 minutes. They take a lot longer. It seems appropriate for John Thorne. Totally. And my other memory lane is that uh, the Cook's recipe, which we'll get into in detail, has you uh, squeeze out the the shredded potatoes using a dish towel. Yeah. And then that towel turns brown and smells like dog. For Ugh. and like uh, so, so we've always called that stinky potato towel. And like baby December used to think this was the funniest thing because like what do kids like better? Other, stinky potato you know, towel, like something stinky. Yeah. Like and so and so they would they would like walk around saying, "Is that stinky potato towel?" Oh my god, that's so cute. Uh, all right. Uh, so, Matthew, hold on. Like, uh, let's start out with some definitions. Uh, what is the difference between hash browns and home fries? Okay, so hash browns are made with grated or apparently sometimes riced cooked potatoes. I've never tried this myself, but I think of it as like shredded. Oh, that seems like it would almost, it would truly form like a mashed potato cake. Right. So I think of it as, as grated, like, you know, shredded on a box grater style okay. potatoes. Okay. They can be formed into a cake or tossed and served loose. I'm sure you can sort of yep. visualize both of these styles. And they can be made from raw or cooked potatoes. And hash browns often contain onions, but they don't contain a binding agent like egg or flour that makes a potato pancake. Ah, okay. But hash browns, okay, I get it. Okay. Yeah. So if you're, okay. if you're like the potatoes will hold together just fine on their own. If you like a potato pancake is usually like a, like a finer grated potato that's, that has like, you know, egg or another binding agent in it. So it's more pancakey. I get it. Okay. Now what about 
home fries. Okay, so home fries are made from chunks of potato that are browned in a pan. And uh, so I looked up like hash browns ah. on Wikipedia. There's a pretty good hash browns page. Home fries like has one of the shortest Wikipedia pages, practically a stub. And I think it's just because like what is there to it other than like, you know, as soon as people in- had potatoes and invented fire you know we did you know we invented fire it never happened before before humans came along yeah and like yeah. it never happened nope not not even in the wild <laughs> until until uh like uh we we nasty pyros evolved yeah um but you know you put some potatoes in a pan with with any kind of fat and like that's basically what home fries it is so there's there's not a lot of like home fry history but we'll get to like what i was able to find but there is a piece about it in Serious Pig by John Thorne. And so I want to read a little from this piece because it really gives an idea of like what home fries are about and what John Thorne is about. Okay, I'm ready. The first thing then to learn about pan-fried potatoes is that they can make the meal. This was never a secret in Yankee cooking where it was known as, quote, necessity mess, very poor man's dinner, or more, more appealingly, scootin' long the shore. <laughs> But like many vegetable-intensive main course dishes, it had the stigma of poverty to it and, like them too, lost favor as meat became more affordable. It might be time to look at them again. The pan-fried potato is gently fried one side at a time in a small amount of grease. Pushing up the heat cooks the surfaces without reaching the interior, turning out a product that is burned, gummy, greasy, lousy. Most cooks try to overcome this problem by using pre-cooked potatoes. Unfortunately, potato flavor is very evanescent. Pan-fried potatoes made from already cooked potatoes are at best a pale imitation of the real thing. Made from scratch, their inside is meltingly tender and flavorful. Their outside is more than just crisp. It is brown and crunchy. There are no shortcuts to this effect. To achieve it, pan-fried potatoes must be cooked, please mark this down, slowly. Except potato flavor is evanescent. Right? Does it flee while you're you're doing that slow cooking? No, it concentrates. <gasps> and I think yes. he is right about this, and we'll okay. get into that, but okay. also it takes so long to okay. cook home fries from raw potatoes. Okay, I want to know all about this, but but so oh, hold on, like where do these terms come from? All right. And uh, and uh, like is this something that we've been making for a long time? Yeah, kind of. So Hash browns, I, I learned a lot more about hash browns than about home fries, because as I said, home fries are just like you put some potatoes in a pan. Mm-hmm. Hash browns probably descend from Swiss roasty potatoes, okay, which is a very similar dish. It's, it's basically identical to like the style of hash browns that I made today. It's kind of a thick, you know, cakey hash brown that's, mm-hmm. that's well browned and made from shredded potatoes. Uh, the name comes from the French, haché. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the first mention of hash browns in English is, uh, this is from Wikipedia, quote, by American food author Maria Parloa, 1843 to 1909, in her 1887 Kitchen Companion, where she describes the dish, a dish of, quote, hashed and browned potatoes as a fried mixture of cold boiled potatoes, which is folded, quote, like an omelet before serving, which is what I did today. Folded like an omelet? Is that why it seemed to have two layers? Yeah. Going- Whoa. Why why do you do that? I, I don't know. <laughs> like it's oh. it's good as a single layer too. This is fascinating. You fold it like an omelet. Okay, go on. Okay, and apparently it took a while for the term hashed browned potatoes to turn into hash browns, and I vote that we bring back the original term. Hashed browned potatoes. (laughs) Might I have some of those hashed browned potatoes? You know what this reminds me of? Sometimes I see on a menu like whip cream Mm -hmm. or roast chicken. Yeah. How do you feel about that? That's interesting. As opposed I feel, to whipped cream or roasted chicken. I feel differently about the two things. Cause like I feel like I like it should be whipped cream. Like yeah. whipped cream yeah. sounds a little weird to me. Yeah, that's but wrong. roast chicken sounds totally normal. 
Like I would not. What about f- roast potatoes? That's interesting. That that's that roast. Feels a- but if you said like roast red pepper, that is so weird. That sounds like, wrong. It sounds wrong. Like it's got to be roasted red pepper. And yeah. but I could go like and potatoes feels kind of in the middle. Language is so weird. Yeah, it is weird. Okay, listeners, get in touch. Contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com or reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. Like which of these do do these all seem normal to you? Do they all seem weird to you, or do you fall somewhere in between on roast chicken, roast potatoes, and roast red peppers? <laughs> I'm really glad that we are asking this. Okay, but we're talking about hashed browned potatoes. That's right. And we're going to bring back the original term. We're go- hashed browned potatoes became a diner staple as early as the 1890s. <laughs> that's How did right. that sound? Did that sound, it sound good? It sounded great. I'm sure that's what they were called back then. And then they, they really took off as a fast food breakfast item in the 1980s. Okay. Um, okay. And like, I think I have a, like a real fondness for McDonald's hash browns. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember. And like the little thing they come in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The little, the, the little, paper little sleeve. Yeah, yeah. The little paper envelope. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, um, kind of. It was kind of like the envelope that a five and a quarter inch floppy disk would come in. Yes. Oh my right? God. Exactly. With the little tab <laughs> cut out of one side. Yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, we should bring those back too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those, those are a great technology. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. always work perfectly. Those, was that the hard disk or the the, flo- that, that the, floppy? Was the floppy disk? Okay. Did you prefer hard disks or floppy disks? <laughs> I mean, back then I didn't have a hard disk. I really, li- <laughs> I really liked the sound that the um, the disk drive made when you put in the hard disk. So when you say hard disk, are you talking about a three and a half inch floppy? I am. Okay. Because yeah. that's still a floppy disk because the disk inside is floppy. Like, why is that not called a hard Stop disk? Stop it. It's called a hard disk. Okay. Fine. <laughs> I mean, there was something. There's sa- something satisfying about the sound of pushing either one into oh, yeah, the old disc computers drive. made all kinds of great sounds. God, it was the best. We could probably like go on YouTube and just like like listen to all of those sounds. Yeah, we should. Is that what ASMR is? I was thinking the other day watching the Stranger Things like season four finale. How much fun the sound engineers of Stranger Things oh, have had. Sure. I mean, there is so much like. <laughs> Like going okay, wait. I have a question. Is that a twenty four hundred baud modem or a monster? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. Here we go. Oh, Sorry, nice, I mean, nice I'm, one. Now I'm laughing at my own joke. Great, <laughs> okay. great work. Um, okay, so uh, now as for home fries, like I said, I think this dish is so basic that it's kind of hard to research or write about. I found like one article on Mashed called "The Untold Truth of Home Fries" that was like three hundred words long and delivered very few untold truths, if any. Okay. But it seems clear that home fries are related and probably descended from German and French sautéed potato dishes like uh, pomme de terre lyonnaise or bratkartkoffen. You did a really nice job pronouncing both of those. I don't those. know if I did in, in either case. But, but I love how confident you are when you go into like German and, and like, I think we've done a few Slavic words that you've done the same we've, thing Yeah, we've with. done a few Slavics. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. Um, that, that's kind of it. That like you know that that pomme de terre lyonnaise is uh, is like you know sautéed sliced potatoes with onions, right? I don't know. And uh, like they're they're kind of like side dish potatoes uh, in the European tradition. Okay. Okay. Um, frozen hash browns are pretty great. What form do they come in? So I get the Trader Joe's ones, which are really di- tr- they're trying to emulate McDonald's hash browns. So they come as like a frozen pre-fried cake that you can then bake or saute in a little oil. Okay, and they're oh, really June, good. June would be thrilled if oh, I did yeah, this. You should. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of got what I got for history. You want to talk about uh, making well, them at home? Yeah, so how did you make the one that, that we just ate today? Because it was so delicious. Like, I want to just talk about it for a second. Yeah, so when I arrived, what, what was waiting for me was um, like a quarter circle. Yep. It's like a wedge. And it was perfectly browned and crispy on the outside. Like evenly browned yeah no part too brown or burnt no mm -hmm. part too blonde and then the middle it was uh, verging on mashed potato yeah but it, but not in that uh opaque mashed potato way like in the translucent way of I a grated potato mean. yeah do you know what i mean yeah, like it I had think, a sheen yeah. to it. That, it, did, that, it does have a sheen. Yeah, yeah. let's talk about this. Okay, so I'm, I'm glad you brought up, brought up the even browning because that's really important to me, and like I'll explain how I get it. Okay. Okay, so this this is the Cook's Illustrated hash brown recipe. I I doubt they like you know innovated anything about this recipe. They they just kind of you know tweaked it. I think I'm gonna sneeze. Maybe. Oh man, this is the worst. Oh dear. Okay, maybe not. Okay. Wow. <sighs> Let it not be said that that our episodes don't have any tension or drama. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, you you start with uh, russet potatoes. You peel and you grate them, salt and pepper them. How much potato? Like what? what so that was, was the... like one big russet potato. So maybe like three quarters of a pound. I okay. Okay. Say. Okay. Um, and you cooked it in like an eight inch skillet. Ten inch. Ten inch skillet. So, ten oh, so inch actually, so you skillet. grate it, okay. and then before you season it, you you grate it onto a dish towel. You roll it up in the dish towel, and you squeeze out as much moisture as you can. And you turn the dish towel into a stinky. And you potato turn it towel. into a stinky potato towel, which is you can you can go see it. I mean, like, did you see it when you went in the bathroom? It's it's pretty horrific. No. Okay. God, no. Yeah, we I should mean, we should I go did... on a little field trip. If I did see it, I think I, I, I immediately looked away. Yeah, you would have to. I, I think I would have felt like I was seeing something too intimate. Right. Especially if it's in your bathroom. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you squeeze you squeeze it out, which is which takes takes quite a bit of torque. Wow. And uh, so, so like several foot pounds of torque. Uh, and uh, and it's very satisfying because like it, it doesn't seem like wet really when you're when you're grating a potato like it's moist, but not really like wet. But then you squeeze out quite a bit of liquid. Wow. Kind of like sautéed spinach. Kind of like sautéed spinach, like, yeah. Like, so much liquid can come out of that stuff. Yeah, no, like, as you know, one of my favorite, uh, like, dad jokes in the kitchen is uh, to say, like, uh, you know, I thought I thought I was starting with a lot of spinach, but look at this, and then hold up, like, one tablespoon of cooked spinach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> it is. Um, so then you squeeze it out. Then you uh, season with salt and pepper. Meanwhile, Do you put it into a bowl at that point? I put it into a bowl at that point so okay. I can kind of toss it with the seasonings. Okay. And then meanwhile, I'm heating up a skillet on like medium high. And, and is this a nonstick skillet? No. So you can use a nonstick skillet, but it's not going to get as crispy and you don't need a nonstick skillet. So okay. like I used it. So I think I think this is definitely where you want to pull out a uh, a skillet that is that is like heavy and, and uh, distributes heat well because that's going to be key to getting even browning. So, so if I have like a 10 inch like lodge cast iron Yeah, that would work great. Okay. Um, and uh, then you press the the shredded potatoes the seasoned shredded potatoes. Oh, so you melt a tablespoon of butter in there. Okay. Then you press the, spread, the, uh, the shredded seasoned potatoes into an even cake. 
Okay. And you kind of, I like kind of pushing at the edges. So uh, to kind of like round the edges a little, like, I really feel like I'm kind of like tending uh, a, like a little like Tamagotchi. By pushing at the edges, do you mean, and you're doing this all in the pan? All in the pan. Okay. And, and like pressing and, down with the spatula. And, and do you mean you're kind of using the spatula to gather up the edges and make the edges tidy? Yeah. So they're not kind of like, you know, I don't want like, you know, it's, it's fine if they're like, like shreds sticking out at the edge. That's, that's nice and rustic, but I don't want them like sticking up to where they're not going to get browned. Got it. That makes sense. And okay. Then I'll cook it for about seven minutes on the first side, and occasionally kind of reach in either with with my hand with a with a towel or a couple of spatulas and turn it in case because like usually the side of the pan with the handle gets a little hotter because it's like tilting toward the handle, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I don't want it to be more brown on one side, so I'll, so I'll rotate it, which okay. is also kind of fun. It feels like I'm uh, like removing a manhole cover. Is there a point early on when it it sticks to the pan? There is, yeah. So kind of like with meat, at a certain point when it's cooked, it will release from the yeah, pan. Yeah, although it's never going to stick as much as like a protein. Okay. Like I was worried about that too the first few times I made it, but it's it's not really an issue. At the so then at the seven minute mark, like I'll peek underneath and make sure it's nicely browned in a couple of in on a couple of sides, uh, and then I will slide it out onto a plate, put another tablespoon of butter in the pan. As soon as it melts, flip it from the plate back into the pan. Okay. You can also like you know do the thing where you flip it from a plate onto another plate if you don't want to like try and flip into a pan of hot butter. And so, are you? Would you say you're using what like three tablespoons of butter in total? Or? I would say it, it kind of depends on whether I'm making a big one. Like for the whole family, I'll make like a twelve inch hash okay. brown. For us, I made a ten inch hash brown. Okay. So for a ten inch hash brown, it was it was like two tablespoons for for a twelve inch hash brown. Three. Gosh, and it had so much like crispy, delicious kind of crispy fat potato yeah, flavor. Right? I would have thought there was more fat in there. I know. I think I, I, I so first of all, like I think like there's there's kind of like a butter potato synergy that happens. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. like mashed potatoes. Like you could put a lot of butter in mashed potatoes, but like you know. A good potato sort of has a buttery flavor to begin with. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I get um, it. I do imagine that, like, someone who, like, watches a lot of cooking shows and, like, is into, like, trying to flip things in a pan and without, like, them falling on the floor could take this hash brown patty and, like, flip it, you know, just with one hand. Mm-hmm. And and I would I would like to see that person do I would like <laughs> to see them try. I feel like that would be really tricky with because I would be using a pretty heavy pan. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, when Ash occasionally. But you're Ash pretty is, jacked. I am pretty jacked. Uh, Ash is pretty good at flipping um, like fried eggs okay. that way. Yeah. But, you know, we're using like a, a nonstick skillet that is not the world's heaviest. And I, know, but- I think if I were using a cast iron pan, I don't know, man. But like, I mean, like, isn't that like what Pilates is? <laughs> yeah, Pilates is basically just <laughs> one long exercise routine of lifting and tossing things in a cast iron skillet. I love lifting and tossing things. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got, you can borrow appliances, like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it, no charge. <laughs> uh-huh, so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet, you- totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, 
I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in Alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have, like, a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, so, like, a whole closet system where I can really, like, unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then, and this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So then like about seven minutes on the other side, I usually like turn the heat down a little bit um, so it doesn't overbrown the second side. Do the do the spin the cake thing mm-hmm. a couple times in there. And then optionally, so I can like slide it out and serve it as a single layer or optionally like flip it, like fold it like an omelet. And uh, the thing I like to do, like I was, you know, you were running a few minutes late because of traffic today. And that made me happy because I find that like hash browns, if you kind of turn the turn the heat off and just let them sit in the pan for an extra couple of minutes, you get a little more crispiness without mm. overbrowning. It's very satisfying. And it was still plenty crisp when I walked in. Yeah. And I think I was like a full seven, eight minutes late. Right. So so it was, it was just like kind of sitting and like I could still hear it sizzling a little bit although that could have been like phantom sizzling yeah oh the phantom sizzle Mm. okay so what do you think's up with the folding it like an omelet and by folding it like an omelet it's not your you're not folding it in thirds no in in halvesies okay yeah and then we went halvesies on it we did yeah we went halvesies on the halvesies but no but no take backs no take backsies. Right. No backsies. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, but wait, hold on. Why What's, do you do that? Is that so, to get some of the crispy okay. brown flavor in the middle? I guess. And like maybe just like to make it more, I, I think it makes it easier to serve like on a plate with the rest of your slam, you know? Okay. Okay. Like, so, so it's a matter of like topology. <laughs> Like, you know, if you're trying to make like a, like a, you know, a third of your plate should be hash browns, a third of your plate should be bacon, like, like the USDA recommends, mm-hmm. um, and a third should be um, uh, spinach. Uh, <laughs> uh, the God, you have to start with so much so spinach. So much spinach to get a third of a plate yeah, with of yeah. spinach. Anyway, I think that's it. But also the other thing is you can, you can make fillings. So sometimes I'll like like uh, scatter some cheddar cheese over it before folding. Okay. Like some uh, some like sautéed onions would be good. Bacon would be good. Oh, Mushrooms would be good. Snoot. Anything you would put in an omelet. You could make like a Denver hash brown. Oh my god! Wouldn't a Denver that be good? hash brown. That sounds really good. Yeah. Okay, and then you've written here on the agenda that you often like toss a couple eggs into the hot buttery pan afterwards. Yeah. It it's so like. That is, uh, I would not do that in in the all-clad stainless pan that I use for this because the eggs would stick to it. Okay. Um, but I would do those in a separate pan. But if I if I used a cast iron pan, then yeah. Okay. Okay. And my cast iron pan's pretty well seasoned at this point. I am bragging. Oh, God, you're insufferable. You and your cast iron pan. I mean, let's not even get into your wok. Yeah. It's, it's so well seasoned. It's so well seasoned. Uh, where is it? Oh, it lives up on top of the, the fridge. I see it. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's so it's so well seasoned that uh, that like uh, Kenji Lopez all like just gets a, gets like a bat signal and just comes over to gaze at it. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking about Kenji a little bit in our next episode. Oh, okay, yeah, great, yeah. So, Matthew, what about home fries? Okay, so hash browns. It seems like maybe take fifteen minutes. Yeah. 
Okay. Just, just about. Okay. I mean, that's that's just cooking time. Right. So including, yeah, including the the shredding, the peeling, shredding, and squeezing time, 20 minutes. Okay, great. It's, it's and like, we will have them as a main course for dinner, like with some scrambled or fried eggs. Like, it's great. Awesome. Okay. All right. So home fries, usually when I'm making home fries, really my object is to make hash where I'm going to throw in some sort of protein and maybe vegetable along okay. with the home fries. But the basic idea is the same. Like you get you get most of the way to home fries before you throw in the other stuff that makes it hash. Okay. So, you know, John Thorne says like, you know, potato flavor is, is evanescent, like the band. Like youth. It, like youth and, and uh, like the pop punk band. So what he recommends doing is like taking Yukon gold potatoes, peeling them, dicing them, and then <laughs> you you melt some butter over like medium low heat. Oh, and dear. you put these potatoes in and you cover them and cook for 20 minutes just to kind of like cook the potatoes, start cooking the potatoes through. Then you uncover and continue cooking on medium low heat for another 50 minutes. So for a total of an hour and 10 minutes. I mean, I bet this is fantastic. I've done it like three times, maybe okay. like all, I think all before having a child. Okay. And it's fantastically delicious. Like you get, it's like the most flavorful, perfectly brown potatoes, but I'm just not going to babysit potatoes for an hour and 10 minutes. Like it's just, that part of my life is over. It might happen again. It might happen again. Yeah. yeah. Like we're, we're sending, we're sending a teenager of the show December off to college. That's going to be, I'm going to really focus on my potatoes. Yeah. You're going to lean into your, your home fries. That's going to be my slam of choice. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm going to really lean into some home fries. <laughs> That's what um, they mean by lean in. Right. So what I do now when I want to make these is a two, two approaches. Okay. Either, either I dice the potatoes and then boil the diced pieces for five minutes in salted water, drain them, and then brown them like exactly what John Thorne said not to do. Okay. Because like I'm, I'm like sending the potato flavor down the drain. Mm. It's, they're they're it's still, still good because there's still, still a lot of butter yeah. and yeah. salt. Like okay. the amount, the amount of salt that goes into a pan of home fries is pretty staggering. Like, H- how much salt though goes into the hash browns? I mean, you said when we first tasted the hash browns today, you said they might be over seasoned. I thought they were perfect. no, no. On like, second perfect. bite, I, I agree. Like, I don't know. I just did it by feel, but I'm, I'm going to say maybe like uh, three quarters of a teaspoon of kosher salt. Okay. Something like that. Okay. I think home fries end up taking more than that. I don't know why. I find that when I'm cooking them, I just keep keep salting and they keep asking for a little more. Okay. Because they talk. They do. So the other or the other thing I will do is just buy frozen hash brown potatoes, which uh, you you can find like shredded style, but also like diced style. Mm. Um, and uh, so I'll get like the diced ones and just brown those. You can tell it's frozen potatoes, but again, a lot of butter and salt is going in, and they're pretty good. I also think that for the vast majority of us, the like we eat so many frozen potatoes all the time without knowing yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. When we eat, you mean like in, in our sleep, like how they say exactly. everyone swallows sw- seven spiders, spiders and seven. <laughs> frozen french fries in their sleep a year <laughs> no i mean like out in the world whether at fast food establishments or like restaurants i mean we yeah, eat so many frozen potatoes and they're good yeah they're delicious right and then if no, you in fact like as you as you know like like we have like a beloved local chain that makes a point of saying like you know our fries are made with fresh potatoes and they suck <laughs> Oh, I like them. Really? Okay. I know some people like them. I enjoy them. Okay. I mean, they're very soggy. Yeah. They're extremely soggy, but I like them. Okay. Yeah. 
so uh, then, you know, obviously you can't, you know, you mentioned with the hash browns, you can put in like a filling, yeah. cheddar cheese, etc. You can't do that with home fries. However, you can just add stuff to the pan. Yeah, right? so like, like uh, you know, diced corned beef would be kind of the classic. Yes. But like any any kind of leftover meat, like there's like le- leftover like barbecue of any kind that makes Ooh. a fantastic hash. Leftover red cooked pork makes mm. a brilliant hash and like then you like drizzle some of the sauce on at the end okay that's really good Amazing. um a hash i will always like top with a fried egg okay cool yeah oh Just, that, that's that. a real favorite dinner around here wow. like the the only thing that i don't like about making hash is that it, to make enough for like three people like i end up have, doing it on two burners at once because i can't get that much potato into one pan and brown it effectively that makes sense and uh, i'm sure there are recipes out there for like oven home fries I'm, or you know oven what? like yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because we had a listener i don't think i put this as a spilled mail but we had a listener write in and mention that you uh you met, said something about oven fries on a past episode and could we do an episode about oven fries i'm up for it yeah i'm absolutely up for it yeah yeah okay, okay. i want to uh, yeah because i it's not something i ever make but it seems like it would be really handy to know how to do well yeah it's not something i ever make either unless i said i did in which case i definitely <laughs> I <know>. do <laughs> I don't um, think they said what episode it was. I think it was one of these things where they were on a road trip and just let the, let the show play. You know, speaking of, of mail, we have a piece of spilled mail today. Would you like me to read it? I would love that. All right. Today's spilled mail comes from listener Samantha. About exactly a year ago, my husband and I were listening to your avocado episode on a road trip from Cleveland to South Carolina. Road trip. We are we are the, your ultimate road trip companion. If you go on a road trip without spilled milk, you're you're you're. It's all about the journey, and like you might get to your destination, but without us, you're not going to have a journey. That's right. Back to what listener Samantha yeah. mm-hmm. said. You mentioned stringy avocados and how they're basically inedible. Then just yesterday, I cut into a stringy avocado and I finally understood. I was on the verge of tossing the avocado, but decided to see if Google had any solutions. One suggestion was to push the avocado chunks through a mesh sieve, so I decided to try it. And for the most part, it worked pretty well. We didn't end up with the avocado slices I envisioned in my head, but we also didn't have to eat the stringy bits and didn't have to feel terrible about throwing out the entire avocado thanks for always being one of my must listens on thursdays the reason i especially wanted us to read this uh this uh, listener mail is because what episode would it have been where we were talking about stringy avocados because i've always said i would never do an avocado recipe because they're one of my least favorite things wait did we not do an avocado episode did we i don't know i don't think so you brought this up in the middle of the episode like you thought i would know I mean, I, I guess, but I don't know. So I don't I don't know why I thought you would know. OK. All right. If anybody knows what episode we talked about avocados on and stringy avocados in particular, let us know. Maybe maybe I said we could do a stringy avocado episode, but not a regular <laughs> avocado. Episode. That makes sense. I know we talked about. Wait a minute. Maybe it was the mango episode because we talked about stringy mangoes on the mango episode. And probably but, that would have. But a lot of mangoes are stringy. That's like a normal thing for mangoes. Mm, yeah. They have like a stringy texture. Often. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right. Molly, do you have a now but wow? I sure do. This one is, you know, uh, Matthew, do you ever read the letters of recommendation 
thing in the in the New York Times magazine. Mm, no. It's what like is a, it? it's like a column. It's called Letters of Recommendation and they run these wonderful essays, often quite funny, from a variety of writers. Anybody can submit like letters of recommendation for particular things. Okay. Um, like, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Wayne Kestenbaum, mm-hmm. Wayne Kestenbaum wrote about flossing. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Sam Anderson wrote recently or not recently, but in the past year about Doritos. Okay. Uh, or just about like eating chips in general. Sure. There is a British writer named Hermione Hobie. You know, you know what I say about eating chips? Lays lower your prices. <laughs> Uh, Hermione Hobie wrote one that has, I think, the best title, which is Heated Car Seats Are an Antidote to Our Grief. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, and I also should give a shout out to uh, a writer who uh, is a a longtime student of mine, uh, Anna Lee Hershey, who is a great fan of the letters of recommendation feature. Okay. And I know that Anna Lee listens to this podcast. So Anna Lee, thank you for pointing the way to today's Now But Wow, which is a letter of recommendation called Cheetos Flamin' Hots Made Me Who I Am by Summer Kim Lee. It was published in February of 2002. So maybe a lot of our listeners have already read it. But it's, it's a personal narrative essay about growing up in Los Angeles and sort of envying like growing up in in like kind of the wealthy west side areas of los angeles and kind of envying what what her her white classmates had but at the same time like there was a way in which she writes about flaming hot cheetos as being kind of a, a way of learning about los angeles's like topography and different neighborhoods okay. and that like she and her friends like flaming hot cheetos they they it was like this thing that they had that united them i love it anyway so yeah so look it up it's called cheetos flaming hots made me who i am by summer kim lee and you can find it in the new york times magazine on the new york times website whatnot Okay, please. I was gonna say please rate and review us, but that would have that would have le- leapt right over our producer, Abby Circatel. And, and truly, without Abby, we would be nothing. <laughs> without Abby, the show, the show would sound like me saying please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can uh, chat with other spilled milk listeners about how great Abby is, for example, <laughs> uh, on our Reddit, which is reddit.com/r/everythingspilledmilk. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, uh, the show that's wishing you a slamming summer. But Matthew, it's September 29th when oh, this okay. episode comes out. All the right. show Sp- that's wishing you a slamming October. Slamming October. You know what we're talking about. <laughs> You're going to meet a hot ghost. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisberg. And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Oh, that's too bad because that's the official the official drink of summer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can go for some of that froze. <laughs> are people still doing that? Or? I think they are. Okay. I haven't had froze in years. I know, but I, I just thought of it for the first time in years, probably. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm ready to record a show. And I'm Molly. Wait, I didn't say my thing. Oh. <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.